Welcome to EM Healing, which is hosted by myself, Mahatma Star Seed. And when you dive into our episodes, you are going to be inspired to grow, to shift, to reflect on your inner wealth. If you are looking to find a new way of living, you have found it. So enjoy this wonderful episode that we're tuning into right now. Hello, this is EM Healing, and you are tuning in with Mahatma Starcy. And I have with me today, gracing the stage, the leadership of leadership, Jamal Maxim, and I'm going to let him introduce himself more. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be on the show. My name is Jamal Maxim. I am an igniter champion leaders. I help leaders, especially and specifically in the schools, um, step out of the classroom, make that shift, step into a leadership role with confidence and with clarity and with focus so they can be successful on day one. And I'm just honored to be here. Thank you so much. We are so thankful to be able to have someone come on to speak about leadership. This season, we're talking about healing the bonds of the things that we engage in. Come on and want to talk about leadership. Like, we need to heal the bond with leadership so much because we have been really led astray and pushed into a world where leadership is really not pushed and following mm-hmm. has been a big, uh, big social target for a lot of us. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing and hearing what your perspective is on how you have seen leadership arise in your life when you were younger and, you know, where you see it now. So my question is, is what, how was leadership viewed for you growing up versus how you see it now? Well, I will say um, Hello, much love and light. Hello, much love and light. I think we lost you. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay, good. Continue, continue, please. All right. So, um, so basically, leadership was viewed. Um, you do what I say, not as I do. It was viewed as very from a very dictator type of situation the leader was always right the leader made all the decisions um you know it was a very one-sided type of relationship um but since then i have learned and observed that leadership is is two-way it involves the person that's following as well as the person that's leading it involves shared leadership but it also has that balance of there are times when as a leader, you need to be the leader and just make the decision. And so it's 
it's a very unique thing because I've seen it go in trends. I've seen it go from the dictatorship to being so much so people focused that it went to the other extreme. And so now I believe it's balancing out because you have to balance um, caring for people with accomplishing the vision and the mission of where you're leading. Yeah, that's you say that because when when you were speaking a little bit earlier, talking about like if the leadership that you possess is truly needed right now, that needs to be taken into account as well because we're here to incite leadership, not just give out leadership. Yes, absolutely. Um, I would I call it ignite leadership because Ooh, yeah. le- leadership is basically John. Can we ignite the consistent connection? Okay, we can hear you again. Okay. I think my thing keeps trying to go to a screensaver, which is like totally weird. Um. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe your phone is not charged enough. Much love and love. Oh, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, that's okay. Trying to do something through the through this link. My phone was acting weird. But um, hey, but we're back at it. And so yes. um, we were talking about igniting leadership. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so John Maxwell defines leadership as influence, but I define it as influencing people to accomplish the vision. Because right now there are so many influencers on social media. There are so many influencers in our cities, influencers. So it's like, what am I influencing people to do? And so leadership is influencing people to accomplish the vision. But how do I get them to accomplish it? Not by just blindly doing stuff, but by living to their fullest potential and using the gifts that are on the inside of them to accomplish the vision so that they can have a personal sense of accomplishment and fulfillment while get pouring out and helping someone else. And so that is the essence of, of what I teach about leadership. I love that. That sounds like me. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like me. It sounds like the road that I am uh, uh, ushering individuals into taking. I call, I've been calling my process the itinerary to the awakening journey. Mm. And And what we're doing is understanding that we're awakening the leadership within us. And I love that you say that leadership the influence for people to accomplish the mission like that's so pivotal because faith needs a point of interest in order for it to be able to live 
and or survive. Yes. And our faith in ourselves needs to be to to ignite. And when we ignite things, it needs to have like a combustion space to actually combust. Mm-hmm. That is so true. Because you started talking about about faith and how it needs something to it needs to be based on something. And so when when you're talking about leading, especially right now, because there are a lot of people who are losing hope because there's so much fear in the atmosphere, so much misinformation, so much mistrust. And so it's hard to be in faith right now, when you, especially when you're leading. And so you have to really be anchored and you have to allow your faith in who you are to be the determining factor and to outweigh what's going on around you. Because as a leader, your responsibility is not to read the temperature, but to set the temperature. So mm-hmm. leaders have the, the honor and the responsibility of setting climates and cultures and atmospheres for the people to enjoy when they get there. Now, culture is not just set by one person. Of course, you're the people you're leading. And in the school setting, it's the teachers and the students. They all participate in setting the culture. But the initial establishment has to come from the leader. And so if you don't have anything to spark any, you know, to spark or ignite, then you're not really leading to the highest level possible. And so, um, you know, I really like what you said there because that's essential. That is so essential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've been, you know, witnessing a lot of, you know, the need to see ourselves in a better light. Yes. And haven't had the mind space to be able to conceive where they're truly leading themselves. And one of the things that I was sharing over this weekend, because I, I, I like to go and give my motivation out at the event. Mm-hmm. And I was telling one of the individuals, I was like, you know, we only have 1,440 minutes in the day. And about 40 percent of that I would say we're sleeping mm. so that really leaves like like not not even a thousand minutes it doesn't even leave us with a thousand minutes really to act in leadership of our day yeah and the things that we do Our ability to truly act in leadership is minuscule to make sure that we take action steps that are going to set the temperature, like you say. Yeah. For us to be able to not always have to read the room and, and also allow other leaders to be in our life to lead the room. 
So being able to make space in our own life and not just be like, well, I can be the only leader in my life in a 20-mile radius. There could be other leaders out there, but they don't have to be within my vicinity uh, is is a much more um, perceivable shift. Mm-hmm. Because we need to we need to collaborate together as leaders because we're not gonna grow by always putting ourselves around followers. That is so true. Yes. Yes. That is so true. And you know, as you were talking, I was I start I thought about something that I, I frequently teach. Um, and it says and it goes like this greatness needs a team. Because the vision that you have cannot be accomplished by you alone because it's bigger than you. And no matter how gifted you are, how skilled you are, how intelligent a person may be, how great they are, because there is greatness inside of each of us, but greatness has to have a team. And you and not just any team, you got to have the right team because a lot of people think, oh, I need to collaborate. I need a team. So they just get a bunch of people and say, OK, we're a team now. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's not the case either. You mm-hmm. can't make a group of people be a team. You got to you have to find people who are in alignment with the vision of where you're going. They don't have to think the same as you, but they have to see the same as you. They have to have the same sight as, and they may even have a different perspective, but they still have to see the vision. And then in that, they they will come with their skill set, their giftings, their perspectives, and they will add value and create this collective genius that allows you to fulfill the vision. And so a lot of times people want people who see things the exact same as them, think the same as them. And no, you don't need a clone of yourself. You need a team. And another thing that I I teach school leaders is that you you are never try to duplicate yourself because that's a common phrase. People say, oh, if I just duplicate myself into my into the other leaders, things would be good. No, you don't want to duplicate yourself. You want to develop people to lead how they authentically will lead. And you want them to be extensions of your leadership, but not a duplicate of your leadership. Because then where's their authenticity? Where where does their gifts come in? Where does their perspective and knowledge come in? And so, um, so yeah, so we have to collaborate. We have to be okay with being around other leaders that that can sharpen us and help us grow. We don't have to be the smartest person in the room because if we are, we need to hang out in different rooms. And so we need to, we need that in order to keep growing and keep things moving forward. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's going to be like one of the most um, adventurous parts of seeing all of the leaders come and into a into a, a leveled ground of accept of, of accepting the new dynamic uh, because dictatorship can you you can do it to yourself you can get very caught up in your leadership 
to where you dictate to yourself that, oh, this is not what a leader looks like. This is how I need to be. Um, and and then you become a prisoner of your own leadership. And the only way to get out of that is by being able to have another leader catch you in in your off time. Yes. I, I say it this way. Because there are two things every leader needs. You need a cohort, which creates community. Because mm-hmm. you need people who are living the experience with you that are experiencing the same things you are at the level you are experiencing them. Because mm-hmm. you need that community. But then the other thing you need is you need a mentor. Now, I teach the concept of, of many teachers, but one father or many next level guides and one life mentor. Because throughout different seasons of your life, there will be people who will mentor you to help you get to the next level. Like when I was ready to become a principal, there was a principal who mentored me and helped me learn and helped me grow, helped me prepare. And then when I became a principal, you know, we stayed in touch and then I had cohorts. But throughout my entire life, I found someone who was a mentor who who would be there to help hold me accountable, call me on my stuff, help me grow, push me, challenge me. And this person is throughout every season of my life. And so every leader needs that. You need a mentor who's going to be with you throughout the duration of your life. And you need community. Of course, you will always find next level guys. You will find somebody to help you learn, you know, and help you increase a skill set in a different area. Oh, I need to learn marketing. So I'm going to go, you know, take this course or learn these trainings or whatever the case may be. But mentor is somebody who's just has who is the blueprint of where you're going in every area, not just one. And that's the person who you give permission to speak into you and, uh, and uh, help you through those rough places. And you don't make someone a mentor haphazardly. You have to really be, be careful and cautious. But when you find that, that one person, you good because that's, that's what you need to grow. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely, I definitely love that. And I wanted to just touch base to where you were speaking about see the same, but not think the same. Mm-hmm. And um, that's really been an important conversation lately for me, because being able to really identify what that means in layman's terms for yes. individuals, right? Yes. I've started saying that, you know, I feel like the whole got to look for the like-minded is kind of an understatement for people to really understand because like-minded is not the same for everyone. So Mm -hmm. the way to be able to bring some more clarity is that we want to find people that have similar paradigms, just experiencing it differently. Yes. And for for those of you out there that's listening in the audience that has that that has not really spoken about paradigm understanding for for me my definition of a paradigm is what you believe creates the experiences that you have 
which all which creates your reality which is your specific paradigm now a lot of us have a similar paradigms but not but not all of us have those leveled up paradigms that have a lot more leadership in it and that's truly the only difference that i have seen that has created um confusion or um obscured understanding of what people are really doing when they're putting leadership in their life yes that is so true because what you believe shapes your perspective and that perspective shapes how you interpret the events that are going on in your life and so you know like-minded is not like i was saying earlier that we necessarily think alike and have the same thought processes but it's it's we we see the same things in terms of reality and in terms of where we are to go in relation to the vision because you can have someone and i found this to be true that can be your polar opposite and you guys can have the same you can see the same thing but have different approaches to getting there and not saying one is right or one is wrong because sometimes people want to deal with with absolutes as if they are final and sometimes absolutes certain absolutes are not final they are situational i found more things are situational than final now there are some absolutes that are just final forever and that's just it and so I'm not talking about those but what I'm talking about is strategies and perspectives like I give you an example Mm. you know someone could say can approach money to the standpoint of I save up until I have the income available to launch an endeavor somebody else could say I'm going to take a step of faith and trust that resources will come to me as I step out into this endeavor. And both of those people will argue and say their way is right. And so what I would say is both ways are right. It just depends on the situation because there are times, and I've been on both sides of this coin, there are times when it's like, no, I don't want to launch into that until I have the resources first. And then there are times when you just have to stop deliberating, stop waiting, stop overanalyzing and make the steps. And then you see resources appear or get drawn to you as you are moving because object in motion stays in motion. And so sometimes resources come because things are happening and people see stuff in motion and like, oh, yeah, okay. And so, and so that's why you have to be situational. And I would just say use wisdom because one strategy that worked in one season of your life might not necessarily be the strategy that works in this season. So you have to use wisdom to know what has, what will work for you now, regardless of what worked or didn't work in the past. Yeah, yeah. Leadership is definitely all about basing your experience on right now. And I love the two examples that you gave because they're 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 perfect. Both are 
Right. <laughs> because if you believe it, you'll conceive it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I really, really like that. So um, one of the things that came to mind to me, one of the questions that came to mind to me to ask you is that what is the most craziest place that leadership has brought you? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I've been in. Now, do we want to talk about physical place or mental places? Because there's (laughs) a little bit of both. (laughs) (laughs) You can share with me the most uh, juiciest one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, it it would see it just takes you in crazy places when you are leading and you are following your heart and looking at fulfilling your destiny. I would say one of the you know a lot of people are quick to move and just do stuff out for me the it started with the with one courageous act of relocating to a city where I didn't know anybody because of an opportunity when my perspective is I don't chase money I chase purpose that has always been my my perspective and so I happened to uh, you know I just completed school for to get my teaching license and where I lived in Michigan, things were going really good. You know, I just got my teaching license. I knew what my starting salary is supposed to be. I wasn't going to settle for anything other than that. Things were going great. You know, in other areas of my life, you know, things were good. And I drive down to Cincinnati with my wife because she gets this offer to come help turn around the school here in Cincinnati because apparently nobody wanted to to work there. And so, you know, me being the kind of guy I am, I wasn't going to let her drive to a to a place she had never been by herself. So I was the designated driver. So I drive down there, down here, and, you know, she tours the school, and I was invited to walk around as well because we both knew the the person who was training that the principal of that school who was brand new. So we walked around and just by the slip of the tongue, almost my wife says, my husband just got his teaching certification. Do you know of any schools that are looking for a technology teacher? And guess what they said? (laughs) They were like, we do, we need a technology teacher. And it wasn't, it wasn't even posted. And so it wasn't like we knew that in advance. And so they had her leave the room and they interviewed me in my just driving clothes. So I've just got on, I have on jeans and a t-shirt. I'm not prepared for an interview, don't have a resume, anything. But the good thing about it is every question they asked me, the principal who was training that print the principal of this Cincinnati school knew me and worked with me (laughs) in Michigan where I lived because while I was in school I was doing the substitute teaching thing and so I could be in school while I was taking classes earning my certification so every I kid you not every question that I answered he had a picture of it on his phone to (laughs) to show what I was doing he was like, yeah, here's Jamal when he did this. Here's Jamal when he did that. <laughs> and so 
And so the craziest thing that I did was accept that position and move four and a half or five hours away from my daughter who wasn't living with me at the time because all of my thoughts were like, oh my gosh, um, you know, my daughter, you know, I, I turned down scholarships when she was born because she was born when I was fresh out of high school, you know, so I wouldn't be an absentee father. And so now I have to make this decision to move four and a half to five hours away while she's in, at that time, she might've been in middle school. And so, you know, she's a young girl going through young girl stuff. And I'm like, she needs her daddy. So these, so these boys were not mess, you know, leave her alone. And so I had to make the decision and recognize that life, that purpose was calling me to a different location that meant that instead of seeing my daughter as often as I did, I would have to make some kind of awkward arrangement to still see her and, and be in her life and try to maximize that time. So, yeah, so that was, that was a very strange and weird place to be, a weird decision to make. And it wasn't something that I took lightly. But I'll tell you this, if I had not have accepted the teaching position in Cincinnati, then I would not have become a principal because the desire to become a school leader came while I was working at teaching in that school. And I kept gradually taking on more responsibility. And then when the desire came, I would not have been in a position to meet the principal mentor that I had who helped me develop and grow. And, and then I wouldn't have gotten the principal positions once I, you know, finished my admin program. So all of those chain of events would have never have happened if I would not have allowed that one crazy step of faith. I love beautiful stories like that, like leading, like taking our leadership to the next level and seeing what it can show us and prove to us is is right there you know because that sounds like you know it's what got you here absolutely it yeah it got me to where i am now because everything that i'm doing now is based upon what i would say 80 percent of it is based upon the the road i traveled as a teacher and then my experiences as a principal in charter as well as traditional public, all the way up to what I'm doing now, helping aspiring school leaders walk in, answer the call to leadership and walk into it confidently and really helping them learn the things that are not emphasized in the principal prep programs, but are super needed. Right, right. And here's a question for you that I know that our parents would love to hear since you're a, a modern day parent, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, how do you feel that a parent can step more into their leadership for the schooling education? Oh, absolutely. Because he, here's the thing. 
education is ultimately the parent's responsibility. And regardless of how some people believe, you know, when I left school, I never tried to tell the parent how to parent. And I recognize that the, the role of the school is to provide a service. Our job is to teach the content, but it's ultimately the parent's responsibility to make sure their child is ed- educated. So as a parent, you definitely want to get involved. You don't want to just say that happens at school and when they get home, it's home. You want to be involved. You want to not only get to know the teachers, but you want to be able to be in contact and have relationship with the teachers. Because right now, too often, what I, what I face, especially educating in urban areas, which is where I dedicated my career, is there, there's a lot of distrust of school because it's like you are part of that system that's, you know, that's trying to, that's out to get us. And so you have to, and I, and I worked extremely hard to, to break that barrier down. I was, I was the principal doing Facebook lives and calling every week to people's houses and that kind of thing. And so as the parent, you need to get to know the principal, get to know the teachers and really get a feel for the school. So, so one, you can be comfortable with the environment, with the people, with what's going on, but also be aware. You have to be knowledgeable of what these test scores mean. So when teachers are explaining, you know, they had to take the standardized test and this is what it says, be knowledgeable about that. Because one of the things that that I loved about the parents at the most recent school I was at is that some of those parents were extremely knowledgeable and they were asked the question, which helped me to really see that there was a problem with how some of the teachers were grading student work. Cause they, they came to me and was like, um, Jamal, how, how come, you know, my, my, my child receives A's and B's at this particular subject. But when they take the state test, it says that they're two years behind where they're supposed to be. Why is that such a big gap? You know, how was that happening? If they were behind on the state test, then why aren't their grades reflecting it? Now, I understand that some kids are not good, you know, computerized test takers, which, you know, that's a whole nother subject about standardized testing. So I understand that. So there's going to be a slight difference, but when the difference is too high, it lets me know, one, that the grading practices are too soft and they are not an accurate reflection of student mastery. And so when some of the parents asked me that, it caused me to do some investigation. And I found out, hey, some of these teachers are grading on effort. You know, oh, they tried. Or some of these teachers were grading on, you know, let me tell you one scenario that was just straight foolishness. This teacher would would give an assignment And if the student didn't do it, they would get a zero. But if they did it while they reviewed it, which mean if they just wrote down the answers and wrote down, copied down what the teacher wrote on a whiteboard, then they would get an 80%. Now, if I was a kid, I would do nothing until the teacher went over it because I'm going to automatically get the 80% by just copying something down and not even using my brain. So I found out stuff like that was happening. And I'm like, look, you cannot do that to these children because when they, because the school was, was a um, pre-K six school. 
So I'm like, so when they leave the sixth grade and go to the junior high, it's going to be culture shock for them because they're going to think they have mastered something that they didn't. You're setting them up for failure. And so, of course, me being the guy that advocates for for children of color, I was like, we're stopping that immediately. (laughs) And so, so we put an end to that because it was it was doing more harm than good. Now their hearts were in the right place, but their practice was hurting. And so, but that was brought to my attention by parents stepping into the leadership role of their child's education and asking the question. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's, you know, it's so interesting that you say that today because uh, I love, to pay attention to the law of synchronicity and the people yeah. that I engaged with today. Uh, earlier this morning, we had an onboard, an onboardee coming uh, to, to start going through the process and their desire is to support curriculum understanding for counseling, for counselors, you know, leadership. Mm-hmm. And they have to answer questions. Yeah. When they come into the process, one of the questions on there is me asking them, well, you, do you have any questions? Now, it's not a problem to ask a question or not ask a question. However, the value that came from him asking questions, insight that he gained. And the cool thing was I had already answered one of his questions immediately from starting the conversation. So to see how much you're able to be on point with the, the other entity or energy of the situation helps to see how much you're on the same playing ground versus to like how much you're thinking, you know, mm. So I see that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because thank you you for that. Yeah, because when you when people talk, you know, there's there's um, something I read that says out of the abundance of your heart, people are going to speak. So when you listen to people talk, when you listen to them share and when you listen to the question they ask and not just the questions but the type of questions it reveals where they are and so you know doing that and learning where people are are presently in that moment helps you to know how to interact and respond to them in a moment because I recognize this that people even though people are spiritual people are extremely emotional and and you have to recognize where people are in that moment. And that's one of the things that I, I tell school leaders. You could see a, a student or a teacher or a parent 20 times that day, but don't take for granted that they may or don't assume that they are in the same emotional place when you see them the second, third, fourth or fifth time as they were when you saw them the first time. Because people are living and experiencing life in a series of moments. 
life is lived one moment, one minute, one second at a time. And depending on where that person lives mentally, those moments will impact how they feel. And so when you are leading and interacting, you have to be emotionally aware and be able to, to um, I just want, I just, I'm going to just say discern where they are in that moment so that you can respond in the right way. Yeah, I hope that was making some sense the way I explained it. Yes, definitely. It definitely did. And now you have it on record and you can see it. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, that's breaking it down. When we want to identify in the character, that's those are those intricate spaces that we have. Absolutely. You know, the time has flown by and it seems as though we can talk about leadership for for quite a while. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. They flew by so quick. So I just want to hear of the audience of, uh, you know, we gave them a lot of uh, great stuff. You know, we gave some insights on how the parents can chime in, uh, heard the aspects uh, for the possibilities of allowing our leadership to lead us, uh, AKA, you know, intuition has just been a really big, uh, vibe the past couple of weeks. So mm. excited. Like it, it really is igniting, you know, it yeah. really is igniting. so would like to leave the audience with some igniting, uh, empowered tips with how can they keep themselves in their leadership role more consistently Well, I would just say, one, you just have to know who you are and be okay with who you are. And when I say know who you are, I'm saying know all of you. You have to know your strengths as well as your areas of growth, and you have to be okay with it. Be okay with who you are and where you are, but recognizing that that is not your final destination. Because some people recognize where they are and say, oh, this is not my final destination. So they get impatient with themselves and even angry with themselves because they feel like, oh, I should be further down the road. And so you want to be okay with who you are, be okay with where you are, recognizing that you are in a process of growing to reach your final destination or to reach your goal. Because between where you are and your goal is the process of growth meaning that there are parts of you that are going to improve and there are things that that are that are in you that you're going to have to release and let go and all of that happens when you accept where you are and be okay with it while still growing into the into the you that you're going to become wow that was that was great that was beautiful really and the process is key. The process is so key for us to be able to get any transformation of our leadership. And yes. if I can add anything else to that is you want to stay empowered in your leadership. Own it. Own it yes. so much 
that nobody can take it away from you. And what that also means is success is undeniable. When you wear it, show it, and, and, and receive it. No stop. And when we do it together, you're, we become unstoppable. And that's one of my key that I love to add all the time. Together, we are unstoppable. And that's why yeah. I do this. That's why I run here and, and bring this empowerment of, of, of seeing the same way of through the possibilities, action steps, and being able to allow the acceptance of how other people see themselves. And that, that is truly it. Yes. So please, Absolutely. before we, um, before we, um, how can they find you and find out more about their life with you? Yeah, absolutely. I am on almost every social media platform. I am on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Clubhouse, all at Jamal Maxim. So my name, J-A-M-A-L. M-A-X-S-A-M. You can find me on all of those platforms. You can also go to my website, which is jamalmaxim.org and get a lot of content, um, especially on Clubhouse. I host rooms every week and just talk about leadership. And so um, reach out to me. Thank you so much. Thank you to the audience out there for tuning in to the and we are healing the bonds of our leadership and if you're looking for oh for more ways to stay in mind and realize Self and my tribe, Clubhouse, break open to awareness. We are there every morning. High vibes, filling up that cup with clear waters. And for my other services, you can find more about me in my link tree. We appreciate you all. Make sure you go and do something creative with yourself. And until next time, much love and light. This is Mahatma and Jamal tuning out.